All right. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Vicious Truthers. I'm here with Alicia Sayak. And uh, did I get that correct? Yeah, I was just going to say, so I smiled there. I'm like, dang, you said my name, my first and my last name right. I'm, I'm pretty good with names, you know. So, uh, Alicia, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody? Yeah. Hey, guys. My name's Alicia Sayak. Um, I am originally from Minnesota, kind of Fargo, North Dakota area. Uh, I currently live in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I'm kind of almost like kind of a jack of all trades. I really like to think of myself as so online fitness coach. I have my own fitness app called Alicia's Fit Alpha Females. Uh, I'm a content creator. Um, I have a spicy side in OF, which I think we're going to dive into a little bit. Uh, business consulting. I've helped like a lot of other coaches with marketing strategies and kind of just some, you know, business stuff on the back end. Uh, public speaker. So yeah, I kind of do a lot of different things. But overall, I mean, my main passion has always been just around content creation, bringing value to my my audiences on Instagram, on TikTok, on other platforms, um, public speaking, fitness. So yeah, and most of all, just empowering women to show up um, as their highest self and really just encourage women to kind of break outside of the box that the society and social norm has put us in. So super excited to be here. Holy cow. You do a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're getting after it. You know, uh, I, I think we spoke a little bit before about how, you know, I only know so much about you just from your social media and from your podcast. I, I think I listened to like the first six episodes when you first created it and, yeah. uh, uh, I thought it was amazing, you know, as a man, even for me, you know, I thought it was really great information and kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, but let's talk about your business a little bit. You know, uh, I hear this a lot about your business and I just want to know more about uh, specifics on your business. What really is it and what do you do and and how that came about? Yeah, so I guess I'll kind of refer mostly to kind of like the fitness side of everything for me, because that's where my business kind of all started. Um, I got into the fitness space as young as 16 years old. Uh, I was uh, captain of a varsity team on my high school dance team, and I ended up tearing both my hamstrings. And so that is what led me to, Whoa. yeah, <laughs> that's what led me to getting into the gym. Um, I literally couldn't really play any other sports without getting physical pain, especially my right hamstring. I tried track after that. Um, long distance was not for me with that hamstring pain. It just killed me. Um, and there wasn't really any other sports that I liked. I, was, I wasn't ever into softball or really anything like that. Um, so then, you know, being a freshman in high school, I was like, holy shit, like I'm going to gain the freshman 15, except in high school, I was terrified of gaining weight and getting out of shape. Um, so then I started, you know, doing some home workouts, working out for like two hours every day after school. Um, home workouts got pretty boring for me pretty fast. And so then that's kind of how I got into the gym, though. And my parents, since I wasn't in any sports, were like, hey, like, we'll we'll sign you up to work with a trainer one time a week. That can be kind of like your sports money that we invest into that. Um, so I was very fortunate that my parents, you know, had the financial means to get me a trainer um, to get me a gym membership. And that's where I personally found fitness myself. And I just fell in love with it. Like I remember I would just come in the gym like six, seven days a week. I would have my trainer write me out of their workouts to do and I would do them. Um, and just from that very beginning, like 
they even knew they were like, yeah, like you got to get into coaching or you have to start competing in some bodybuilding shows. Um, so as young as 18, I started personal training people 19 to 20 years old. I was running, um, gyms out there in, in Fargo. So a lot of people from Fargo probably knew me as a trainer from anytime fitness there. And then I was a manager. Um, I was running and kind of overseeing, um, a few different gyms there in the time being. And, actually hated it <laughs> being a manager. Uh, so then I went okay. down to being back a trainer and that was just working with the clients and everything again. Uh, and then starting up my online on the back end. Uh, and then 2020 happened with COVID and as unfortunate as that was for people's health and with businesses and everything, um, it's truly what my online business needed to completely, I looked at it as like, I'm going to go fully on, on in with my online business. And it just completely took off because everyone was sitting at home. Uh, no one was doing anything. Everyone was worried about gaining weight. And so I took that as an opportunity to launch um, online fitness challenges and really help my clients there. And then I kind of just never really looked back from there. Um, I never went back to my in-person job. Like they, they opened again and I just fully quit. Um, but then during that time frame, you know, I was also working like the gym. I was doing getting my online set up. I was working like two other jobs at that same time. I was a full-time college student. I was very busy. Um, and then I used the money that I had to uh, get a mentor to help me kind of launch my business off the ground and everything. Um, and so from there, kind of 2020, I want to say until hmm, 2020, till the middle of 2022, I was doing a lot of um, – one-to-one -one coaching and I was doing kind of, that was where my area was. I didn't have my online fitness app or anything. Um, and then it wasn't until this past, um, well, this past year in January, my app came out, but I started working on the back end from the middle of last year. And I realized, you know, I didn't really have a passion for the one-to-one -one coaching anymore. And I really just loved the community and I really wanted to impact as much women as humanly possible. And I always wanted to have my own online fitness app um, and so then I finally got that, um, out this past year. And then that's also when I started kind of branching off and offering more things. Uh, I took a massive pivot with my brand too. And I really started promoting female empowerment, feeling sexy in your own skin. I brought my OF into, into my fitness business. I was kind of keeping them separate for a while, but now I've made it fully a part of my brand. Uh, and to me, like now my brand has a hundred, hundred times more meaning to it. Um, I'm not just some generic online coach. And I think that that's where I saw my brand was going. And I think a lot of online coaches, they kind of just get stuck in like promoting weight loss. Um, there's a lot of functional health coaches out there right now, just promoting hormones and stuff like that. And that stuff's all like very important. I'm not talking down on that by any means. Um, but what I'm truly saying is I think that there's a lot of coaches and a lot of brands out there that don't really have a lot of meaning. Like you wouldn't be able to tell if you picked out three of them from Instagram right now, like they're all basically regurgitating the same shit. <laughs> so for me, I wanted to be different. I knew that I had more value and impact. So I made that pivot. Um, and I've started offering a lot more other things like the business consulting, like I said, and a few other things. Um, and here we are today. I know that was kind of a lot, but <laughs> if you have any questions, <laughs> that's no, kind of I'm, I'm Wait. There's a lot to unpack there, you know, uh, yeah. but that's awesome. Uh, I think that was uh, something that really caught my eye uh, is, is the uniqueness in your brand and how yeah. um, you're trying to get women to understand that they can be uh, feel good in their bodies 
and they don't have to be what they see on Instagram or any of this other stuff, but living a healthy lifestyle and feeling good and doing good things for yourself is important. I think that's, I just think that's really cool. Um, and interesting. Let's talk about your, uh, those mentors. Um, you know, how did you come about finding your mentors? What did, what did that take? Did you know them before you hired them or? Yeah. So I've worked with quite a few different mentors in the space. Um, I'm very open with people to say that I've easily spent six figures in mentors and that's of my own money. I never took out any business loans. I never, you know, borrowed money or had like my parents, my parents never gave me any money or anything like that. Um, so it was all self-funded. Um, and these people, I, I guess, for the most part, like I, I followed some of them on social media before, um, or I would listen to like some some podcasts of theirs. And then, you know, they had like business programs that came out. Uh, when I started and got my very first mentor in like 2018, I feel like that's where the business uh, mentorship and consulting was starting to get really hot on Instagram and in the industry. And for me, um, I had taken a few business courses, like in the time that I was in college, I was in college for about a year and a semester. And then I, I dropped out and I just felt like the business courses I took there, it was all about like how to be a good manager and how to be like a good executive, whatever. And for me, like, I was like, okay, that's cool. But like, I want to start like my own business and my own brand. And they just couldn't really teach me anything of like how to do that because they never did it. You know, like I don't blame them. Um, so for me, I kind of just felt like it was a waste of time. Um, I don't think college, I'm not saying college is a waste of time, but it just wasn't the route that I was meant to take. Um, and especially for like my profession and the things that I wanted to go in, I just, it didn't make sense for me to be paying all this money for a private college um, when I could just go out and start my own business and learn things and then hire people who have been massively successful by do, by starting like where I was at, if that makes sense. So for me, I was like, I'd rather drop out of college, um, use my own money and hire mentors to help me get there faster and teach me, you know, things for marketing and this and that, because a really common thing that a lot of online coaches don't realize is that you need to be so good at marketing and so good at getting clients. There's a lot of good coaches out there. Um, I have many friends who are coaches and they are 20 times smarter than me. They know way more about coaching than I do, but then I'm just able to go and sign on more people. I know that I've been able to succeed a lot faster because I have a background in public speaking, because I know how to market myself, because I'm super consistent on social media. And so for me, um, along with having mentors, like, yeah, I was able to learn that stuff. But then I also know that my background in public speaking um, has really helped me. But for like mentors and stuff it was mostly Instagram that I met them, um, referrals and everything too. Uh, I've had amazing experiences. I've had terrible experiences. Um, I've had kind of eh, experiences. Um, <laughs> but now for the past, like, uh, it's going to be like over a year now. I haven't been working with any mentors at all. Um I worked with like a personal development slash business coach there, but it was mostly personal development work, which I really enjoyed. Um, but I haven't hired someone strictly for business for, for quite some time now, simply because like I've invested a lot of money into it. And I've just been like, okay, now I just, I want to challenge myself to not have a mentor for once. Um, you see on social media a lot, like, oh, if you really want to invest in yourself and you really want to grow and you really want to succeed, you should always have a mentor. Um, that doesn't, you can have mentors, but it doesn't mean that you have to always be paying someone to be like helping you with your business. If you're a true CEO, 
you should be able to step back and be able to run your business yourself and not have like meetings with someone where they just tell you what to do. You know, like that's where I was at. And I knew like subconsciously, like I had um, a mentor of mine, which this person I've never paid a dollar to at all for any business stuff. Um, And I respect him a lot in the industry. And he kind of just, you know, told me like, I think that you need to take some time and just not have any mentors at all. Like you've learned so much. Um, You need to challenge yourself to not have someone to go and like is constantly telling you what to do to your business every single month. Um, And he was totally right. And on top of that, for me, always listening to mentors and always listening to what they think that I should do. I built my business the past two years in a completely different way that than I than I wanted it. And so last year before I made a big pivot, it was like, shit, from the outside, I look pretty damn successful. I'm 22 years old and I'm like, you know, quote unquote, killing it, doing pretty well, like six figure brand. You know, everyone's I'm speaking on stage. I'm being known as before. It was like, oh, the successful 21 year old. Um, but yeah. I hated my business. Are, I hated are my you brand. going to speaking? Are you, are you doing a... Yeah, I'm doing speaking uh, tomorrow, which is how yeah, we had to reschedule yeah. this episode. But yeah, I've had speaking opportunities. Um, I've I've spoken at an event with like 300 coaches before. Um, wow. And I had like a little bit of like imposter syndrome come up with that before because it was just like, I'm up here and people are perceiving me as this very successful person, um, but I hate my business, you know? And so the scariest thing that I ever took was, you know, it wasn't because like, I'm not blaming any mentors ever because I, I learned so much. And as a business owner, like I chose to go down the route. Um, but it kind of was just like, I feel like a lot of the mentorships nowadays kind of just lead you towards like the same way to build a coaching business, which is like, go hire assistant coaches, go hire VAs, go hire CSM, scale, scale, scale. And that's great if you want that. Um, but for someone like me, like I, I didn't want that ever. I didn't want to be the CEO of a fitness brand that had like, 40 or 50 assistant coaches under me. And for me to like be this face, like I, I never wanted that. Um, Sounds like so, going back to being a manager. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so for me, like, I was like, damn, like this is like the direction that it's going and I really fucking hate it and it's not fun anymore. And I actually got super burned out from um, fitness coaching, like for a while to where I was just like, I, I didn't even post on social media for like two months. Cause I was just like in the stages of rebranding everything um, I let my entire team go, which was super hard. No one talks about that. Um, you don't see coaches getting on social media and being like, yeah, like I went and I had to go and like, I just fired everyone on my team and completely went from ground zero. Um, wow. and people don't talk about that because they're like, oh, people are going to think that I failed. They're going to think this, this and this. Um, and it's not failure unless you completely give up. You know, for me, I was like, this is what I need to do to get where I want to go. Um, I'm rebranding everything. I need to just go back to what I know and how I want to run the business. Um, and I took a chance on everything and I, I rebranded and it's been by far the best thing I've ever done for myself. Wow. That's so exciting. And also like surprising. No, I, I don't know how many people know that about you, but I never would have guessed that you, you just had to let your whole team go and, and start mm-hmm. fresh. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And- I've talked about it a little bit on my Instagram. I, um, I've talked about it on my stories. I've been starting to make more uh, posts like that about business. And I always get the best engagement. I get so many DMS from coaches who are like, Oh, I, I need, I know that I need to let go of a few people, whether it be that they're just not a good fit for their brand, maybe financially, they just can't really afford to have, you know, hires and they hired on too quick. Um, but a lot of people have, have those issues right now in the, in the industry. 
And it's just because they're not really that great at looking at the bottom line, not really knowing their their brand's morals, their vision, where they want to go. And they kind of just listen to where the mentor wants them to go and says, oh, go make this mm. hire, go do this, go do that. Um, and they're not really checking in with themselves. Like the whole point of having a business mentor, a consultant is to get their opinion and then kind of like take what you need. You know what I mean? And for I yourself a little bit. They kind of just, yeah. And then they, they kind of just get prone to like, okay, what am I doing next? What am I running next? Oh, they said I should do this. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Um, and so I think you kind of, you can easily lose yourself in that as a business owner. You kind of forget like, why did you start this? What impact do you want to make? And you'll slowly see yourself become more and more and more like every other freaking business coach that they're mentoring right now. You can go on social media nowadays and I know who's working with who, cause I just go to their freaking page and I see what marketing things they're running. And I'm like, damn, like there's like 10 different coaches here that are all running the, the same, you know, shit. And it's just like, yeah. no one, everyone is the same nowadays. Yeah. It seems to be a trend. And I think the reason for that is everyone's trying to hop on the express train to success, you know, and oh, in yeah. reality, like you, you got to fail once or twice. You got to learn on your yeah. own. Some places, you know, yeah. you don't get to, you don't get all the answers to the test. You know, some yeah. things are going to work in your area. Other things are going to work in other areas. And that's, you know, while, you know, you talk about not like being a manager, what was the reason for that? How come you didn't like being a manager? Because it's really hard to sell to people when you don't believe in the product. <laughs> and what I mean about that, that's sales 101, right? You have to have confidence. You have to have, you know, you have to have the assurance that, you know, what you're selling is the best thing. And it was hard for me because as a manager, I could no longer train people. They just wanted me to do sales. And so I knew, like, I had some good coaches that were working for me at, um, at a gym and stuff. But when I first met them and, and everything, I was just like, it's, it sounds like so much of an ego thing, but I was like, no one's as good as me. Like no one's going to provide as good of a service as I can. Um, I would come in on weekends. I would come in whatever time the client needed. Um, and I knew some of the coaches and I just like, I was just never really confident in the product that I was selling, you know? Um, and so, I don't think that's an ego thing at all. Um, no. and yeah, the only reason I, I, I say that is because like, dang, like this girl, <laughs> but um, like, <laughs> no, 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 yeah. Um, so that was, that was it. Honestly, it was just like selling to people. And every single time I got them down, like, because I would take the client through like this workout assessment, I would take them back in my office. We go over their body composition, whatever. Every single time they'd be like, Oh my God, like I'm so excited to get started. Cause then they thought they were training with me. And then I'd say, no, like I'm going to be handing you off to one of my, one of my trainers. Oh, that's tough. So they had certainty with me because they could see in the workout, like, damn, like Alicia pushes me. She's awesome. Like this, this, and this. But then it's like, I'm trying, I'm selling my dad. He always said the best analogy. He's just like, you're selling them like an apple, but then you're like trying to give them an orange, like a completely different, <laughs> different person. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it is because they don't know any of the, of, of these other coaches. You know what I mean? Um, and then on top of that, they wanted me to sell people into group training sessions. Like they couldn't even do one-on-one -on -one anymore with this gym. Oof. And so I was just like, you're telling me when I get this, this buff 24 year old dude or a dude my age coming in to do a console. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to kick your ass in a workout. Cause these dudes are like, Oh, this like little girl, whatever. So I kicked them <laughs> in a workout. But then you're telling me I have to try and like sell them into like a group where they're going to be with a dude who's 45, a woman who is like 30 years old that just had two kids. And then 
a grandpa who's like 65 and can't even do bent over rows. Like it just, it did not make sense. Like you have people that are from very different demographics, very different stages of fitness. Um, so that's why for me, like, I just, it just killed me. Cause I was just like, damn, like, just, I just, I'm not going to sell people something when I, it's very hard to when you're not confident in it. Um, so then I took a, well, technically a demotion and a pay cut to go back to training people in person. Um, and that was awesome to go back to training people, but then my online was starting to pick up and then it kind of just became like a conflict of interest that came in, which was a good problem to have. But I was like, you know, I can make way more money doing online. Um, yeah, I don't get to do people in person, which which sucked for the in the rapport I built with those clients. Um, but it was just more more money. It was, you know, I got more free time and everything, too. And I was like, this is, makes way more sense for me. Wow. I I honestly love that. I mean. Um, I don't know how much you know about me, but I'm currently in the army and, uh, the leadership that we have to go through, like you display a lot of what we see and what we strive to see, like, uh, looking to strike out on your own as a leader and do your own things and create, you know, your own brand from fresh, um, yeah. as a person, as a leader. And like the great thing about that is, you know, in the army, you, you, you get mentors and then at some point um, you don't, you don't get the mentors really anymore. You know, people give you advice here and there, but like you're on your own at some point in terms of leadership and you're trying to bring up anywhere from nine to 32 uh, men and women. And you're trying to teach them how to do great things, right. How to be great people. Yeah. And so that's pretty, I mean, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> um yeah. So we talked about uh, your mentors and you mentioned that you had some good and you had some bad ones. Yeah. Did you have any real toxic, you know, leaders in your life? Um, well, I, I'm not going to like specifically call like anyone out by any means. Sure. Um, sure. Just because again, like, there wasn't, there wasn't like one mentorship program that I was like, okay, like this person was absolutely 110% terrible. Like I always learned something from each and every one of them. And my big belief is like, you know, if you at least learn one new thing or a few new things, like it's, it's worth it, especially in business and down the road. Um, so I didn't have anyone that I had terrible experiences with. Um, if anything, I think it was mostly on like the exiting with those brands. I think for a lot of people, even just businesses in general, the way that you treat a client when you when you exit and when you're done with the program says a lot about the mentor themselves and the things that they uh, promote in their business. That and then also the things kind of on, I feel like once you start working with like a mentor or program, it can seem like really good in the beginning, but then wait till you're, you're with them like in a few months, you know, are you still learning new things? Are they kind of just like teaching the same thing to everyone else? Are they really good at like, if you're working with them, because I know some programs have like a VIP option or whatever. Um, are they really taking time to get to know your business, your brand and kind of make you like a custom plan? Um, because something I've seen with like all mentorships that I have done is um, they're kind of, again, I, I brought this up before, kind of like leading everyone in the same direction. And I totally get it from the stance of like, you're teaching what you know, what has helped you scale your business. You're teaching everyone marketing tactics and like what they deem as like the most effective. However, I do think they 
like most programs need to do a better job of just helping each business specifically with like their branding and making them different from everyone else. Um, because I do think a lot of, again, programs, they can just kind of teach everyone the same thing and kind of just say like, put this in your marketing, offer this, offer that. Uh, and then it's just very easy to make everyone look the same. And then your business is kind of like very vanilla, you know, um, <laughs> so kind of like the only thing I would say, uh, I think a lot of, uh, that's what I would like to see changed in the industry going forward is like actually helping people have more defined, cohesive brands because the brands that truly make an impact and people remember are the ones that people either love or they freaking hate. But the thing that they have in common there, even if they hate the brand, is they know of the brand. You know what I'm saying? Like they mm -hmm. still, that brand still has so much impact and they're so polarizing that <laughs> so many people know about them. Everyone knows about them. And they're just like, even if they hate them though, they're talking about the brand. And so that's true impact to me. Like some people love Gary Vee, some people hate Gary Vee, but 90% of people, I would say, know Gary Vee. And so if everyone's talking about him, like if everyone's talking about your brand, whether it be in a good way, a bad way, whatever, you're more than likely profitable, you know, and you're going to be remembered. Yeah. And so for me, it's just like, you're not going to be remembered if you're just some other coach on social media right now. If you're a female coach and you're just posting some leg day workouts and then you're telling me like, oh, uh, it's 4th of July and I'm going to eat whatever I want. And this is why you should have balance too. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like we've heard it so many times. We see it every single summer and I don't know about you, but I'm getting pretty freaking sick of it. Like no one cares. <laughs> and I knew that. I'm a culprit. I, I post my leg days, you know. Oh, I still do too. I, I posted like an ass <laughs> thing on my, an ass pick on my story before this. Like I still do it, but there's a whole, like I have a whole other level of polar polarity and stuff on my, oh, for um, sure. on my brand, you know? Um, and so for me, like I knew that I was heading down that, that road of being a basic vanilla coach when, um, you need to start asking your clients if they had to describe you in three words, what would they say? And I was just being described as like, oh, Alicia, the fitness coach and Alicia, who helps me lose weight. If that's like the only thing your clients can say about you, you're a vanilla coach. I'm sorry. You could die and they're not going to remember you in a month. They're going to go replace <laughs> you with like a crunch trainer. No shade at crunch trainers. I love you guys, but you're they're going to go replace and they're going to get your business <laughs> and then you're going to be an afterthought. <laughs> I love this. This is great. <laughs> yeah. I'm just honest. And so... That's hey, just, I mean, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I actually have been trying to get good at taking the, the booty picks, but I'm not so good at it. You know, I just can't, I can't, I can't do the pose. I don't know. Yeah, people okay. were looking at me in the gym earlier. <laughs> yeah. People are like staring at me all weird and stuff. It's just not normal for me to do it, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. Probably just not um, expecting it from a dude like you. <laughs> yeah, this is the big guy on like a box, and I'm just trying to take a butt pick in the back there. Yeah, what's that guy doing? <laughs> um, so when you had to rebrand, um, and you had to go through that, uh, that that restaging, that that fresh start, uh, did you have did you burn any bridges doing that? Oh, absolutely. Um, I knew that. Again, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say any specific names because not relevant. Sure. Um, it doesn't serve anyone. It doesn't serve the podcast or anything. Um, but for me, like I knew kind of going in, 
especially because I had someone who was working for me that um, she was she was pretty involved in my brand. Like it got to the point to where I think that even some some of our clients would sometimes ask me like, oh, do you guys are you guys in business together? Like that's like how much like she was a part of the brand. Um, and it's just like I I knew going forward and making the changes that I knew I needed to make that I was going to like 99 percent sure that I was going to lose a friend through it. And that's the shitty part that a lot of people, again, don't talk really about in business. I always heard the saying, you know, like, oh, don't go into business with like a friend or this or that. And the thing in our situation was we weren't friends before we got into business. And it was a mm. very um, close relationship that developed over time um, as she as we were, you know, as she was working for me more and more. Um, so I knew, you know, going into it and then I had a few other people that worked for me, too, that I had to let go um, for some other reasons, even a little bit before I decided to rebrand. But it's it's really tough because, you know, regardless, like you're going to lose that relationship. Um, I had, you know, people that responded very negatively to it. And, you know, just even going on social media and saying things that weren't true. Like I like lost my business. Oh. I lost clients um, that I was going full time into OF, which, by the way, nothing fucking wrong with that. Even if I was going full time into OF, like there's no shade against that. Like if women want to do that, go and do that. Um, but it was just a bunch of untrue stuff. You know, uh, I had, um, you know, someone go in and completely delete all my programs for clients and trainerize. So I, I had no programs. I had to start over. And the thing was, is it wasn't even that much so about not only like fucking over me, but oh, I'm so, well, hopefully we can swear, but whatever. Like, I yeah, no, you're good. You're good. Um, Thing, so, be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, not only was that, you know, yeah, it was fucking over me, but it was mostly screwing over the clients in that instance, you know, because then they had no workout programs or anything. Um, so that was the first time that I really, I really got like stabbed in the back, if I'm being honest, business wise. And it sucked because like I should have been way more, um, you know, strict and stuff too, but I gave too much trust at the end of letting some people go. And then they use that as the opportunity to turn around and stab me wow. in the back. So it's a, it's a business learning lesson. Um, everyone who's been in business can tell, I guarantee can tell you a story of when, even if they weren't, if the person wasn't working for them, where they have been stabbed in the back before, where people have taken their idea and ran with it. I'm sure sadly, I mean, I need some wood or something, but I'm like, knock on wood, like it won't happen again. But I guarantee you down the road, as you get bigger and bigger as a brand, you're, you're going to get people that are going to want to collaborate with you, work with you, do this, do that. And it's just for their benefit. You know, um, I've had that start to happen a lot more here as my social media platforms have grown a lot more since I have pivoted. Like my following has forexed since where it was. Um, and now it's just like you, you have opportunities come up, but then you also have, you know, other things come up where you can be like, wow, like this person didn't want anything to do with me, but now, <laughs> you know, the following's different or something else is different. Um, wow. so it's, you get smarter though, as you go along in business, it's the shitty side of business, but you know, the, the more well-known you become, like the more the shit you kind of have to face. I mean, I guess the saying's true. It's just business. Yeah, yeah. it is. Like, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. That's always hard. Like losing friends like that. I know, uh, for us, that's kind of like when you, um, go from being like a, a soldier to an NCO and you become the leader, everybody says the dark side. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's how I'm relating to that is everyone's just yep. like, Oh, you're a part of the dark. Oh yeah. Side Cause now. I mean, my dad would even, um, talk about that too with his job. I mean, he's, you know, 
went up in his job very, very far. And, you know, he's talked to me about that before too, where we were at a, one of his work events uh, last year in North Carolina. And it was just like, yeah, it's just like, we used to be able to go out and like have, you know, a few drinks with some of the workers and like other people who are on like a different level. But now that he's like their boss, it's just a different, you know? Um, so yeah. it's a whole different dynamic. So I, I totally get that. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks. Cause like, you got, you know, you're either leaving your friends behind or there's that just mutual respect where they're like, I get it. Like yep. at work, you got to be the boss, but when we're yep. off, we can be homies. That's yep. hard for people to get across their brains. Oh yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And I'm sure like, that's, that's crazy that uh, I would think that uh, more people would have been like trying to cheer you on or had your back, but Wow, that yeah, like don't get me wrong. I, mean, I, have some, I have some close friends who were, you know, um, behind me through it all through this. And last year, um, I went through a lot of shit last year personally and everything. I mean, it just seemed like one thing after another, you know what I mean? But um, and so I've had people that were in my corner and stuff, too. But when it came to like, you know, business and stuff, it's very when you let, you know, someone go, it's it's hard. Like, you know, you see it on TV and in movies, like in the saying of just like, it's, it's just business at the end of the day, but it's like, it's not, you have personal feelings and you have like all that stuff that at the end of the day does go into business. Like you can't not have some, especially if you built a porn relationship with the person, like to not hurt their feelings, you know, especially for, for women, like we take shit so personally all the time. Um, And so I knew at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, if it goes the best way possible, I will be so surprised as in like, I'm going to go, I've won the freaking lottery, you know, <laughs> but at the <laughs> end of the day, like I, I care about my business and I love my business way more than that. Like nothing compares to that. Like my business is my, is my baby. It's everything. I mean, yeah, it's important. Sucks that, you know, not more people or the closer people to you weren't willing to just have your back on some things and yeah. have some understanding with it. That's tough. And I guess that makes sense that, you know, like the, the more important that you get, the more people are trying to try to get free rides from you and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's messed up. But I mean, I guess it, it's just business. Well, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, that being said, like what other kinds of adversity have you had to face? You know, I, I'm, I'm not sure what this um, type of business is for like a female or what other types of adversities other than that, that you've had to face um, with coaching, because I do see a lot of female coaches nowadays. So I'm just curious, you know, what, what adversity have you had to face? Yeah. Um, well, I think for a lot of people, um, uh, not for a lot of people, I guess for me specifically, I've started in business pretty young Um, And that's been given, you know, positive affirmation. And then also I do think that if someone, if someone doesn't know me and they've never talked to me before, they've never heard me speak on like a podcast like this. And, um, you know, maybe they just go to my social media or whatever. um, It's very easy for people to look at me and just be, and just quickly judge me, uh, especially just with my brand now in particular, I've had a lot of people who, you know, they'll meet me in person and they'll be like, damn, like, I didn't realize how much you knew about business or like how, you know, emotionally mature you are and this, this, and this. Uh, and so I can, I've gotten like a lot of judgment, I guess, in the beginning where people are like, oh, it's just some other like 
little little 23 year old girl that just wants to like show her ass on instagram and just get like <laughs> you know male the male gaze and you know is offering coaching and this this and this um and so i've definitely gotten that in the beginning i don't it doesn't bother me at all but i've just had so many instances to where people are just like oh like she's just you know where they met me and then they kind of open up and they get honest and they're like oh like i just didn't expect that from you um so it's just like could that potentially hold me back from business opportunity, especially like my, my brand, like my brand obviously like is not for everyone. You know, I'm sure that I'm going to get it in the future where brands or maybe even currently that I just have no idea about that brands maybe have wanted to work with me or have wanted to invite me to certain opportunities and places. But then they see, for instance, that I do OF or they see that I'm posting more risky content and I'm like saying these really polarizing things in my posts. And then they're like, shit, like we don't want that associated um, with our brand. And so I totally get it. Uh, I respect it, actually. If someone were to tell me that, like, I totally get it. I honestly do. Um, and I'm just so confident with where my messaging is and who I want to help that I'm just like, okay, one opportunity goes by, like two more, two more is coming up. You know what I mean? So I've definitely had that adversity. I've had um, being just a startup, small business, definitely like financial um, adversity and stuff too. Uh, I'm very, I've been very open on my Instagram about saying that in the beginning of my business, like my, I got to a point where at one time my overhead was super fucking high uh, and it was, it was terrible. Like at one point, I think I had to make like, $15,000 a month, like just to cover all my expenses. Um, and once you grow and you're, and you're like a big business, <laughs> yeah. Once you grow and you're like a big business, like, yeah, your expenses are going to get like to a point where they can get super high. But for where I was at, it was just like, okay, the expenses are way too high. And it was kind of what I was talking about before, where it was just like listening to what past mentors wanted me to do in terms of get this app, get this download thing and pay this CSM and pay for this and pay for that. Um, go to these events. And I just wasn't conscious, cautious of it. And I don't think that a lot of um, younger business owners, and when I say younger business owners, it's nothing to do with age. It's how many years you've been in business with, with your business. I don't think like overhead is talked about a lot in mentorship programs. Uh, and so that was the thing I talked about. I made an Instagram post, a talking one, and I was like, your 20K months don't mean shit if you're like barely taking any of it home at the end of the month. And I got the most amount of comments I ever have on a post, got the most amount of DMs. <laughs> it was all from coaches. And they were like, my my overhead is terrible, this, this, and this. Uh, because it's a thing not a lot of people are talking about because people feel embarrassed. They're like, they love getting the recognition from the mentor of like, you hit 20, a 20K month, you had a 10K month. That's the big thing right now. Like 10K month, like online fitness coach, you hit 30K, you're at 50K. Now, when I see like mentors promoting that on social media, like my first question is like, okay, but where's the overhead? Like, what's the net? What are they taking home at the end of the month? Because it's, it's cool, I guess, if you hit 30K, but if you're like taking home $3,000 for yourself at the end of the month and you're like barely being able to pay your rent or this, this, and this, like, are you really successful? Are you really that much of a big shot? And you definitely shouldn't be offering fucking business coaching to other people. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible, you know, um, but I had to go through that. Um, and I'm really lucky to say, you know, that I have some other 
mentors and people that are were really, really good with finances and were really good at, you know, back end business stuff, too. Um, and they told me straight away, like, no, like you should not be having all these expenses because um, I just genuinely didn't know. I was like, maybe I'm just supposed to push through right now. You know, like first couple years of having a business, they say is the hardest. Like, I just need to suck it up and grind and make it happen. Um, but I was holding on to a lot of, of stress that I didn't need, you know. Um, so I think that that's a thing a lot of people don't talk about. And yeah, I don't know if I really have any other like big adversities, I guess, other than like just in general, just being a startup. Like I didn't start with like a big following on social media at all. I wasn't someone that, you know, ever came from that or, you know, came from money or anything either. I've just been fully transparent about my journey and starting as someone who only had like you know, started with a couple hundred followers on Instagram and you know, started that when I was 16. And up until last year, last August, I only had like 3000 followers on my account. And now I have like almost 14 K. Um, and it just shows though, like when you start being true to yourself and content, <clears throat> where you want your brand to go and you know what you want to show. Yeah. You're going to have people that dip off and you're going to have people who unfollow you and disagree with your content. Uh, but then I guarantee you, like, you're going to start really generating the leads and the people and just your community that you want to attract. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, so then, okay. What expenses or overhead exactly? I don't really know. Um, what a, the overhead of a coach looks like. I mean, other than you're working in a gym and stuff like that, or if maybe a gym membership, I just don't know, you know, yeah. what, what oh, exactly yeah, yeah. do you mean by that? Like 15 K overhead. I'm yeah. like real curious. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, I had people that I had hired at one point. I had like, I maybe had like four or five people hired under me. So I was paying them monthly. Um, but then on top of that, there's just a lot of apps nowadays. For instance, you have like Calendly that you can schedule meetings with people. That was $15 a month, um, gotcha. which doesn't sound like a lot at all. Like you're like $15 a month. Like I'm big, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not for like being like, you know, having like scrutiny around spending money. Like I'm just about saying like, you shouldn't have like a really high percentage of overhead. You know what I mean? Sure. So sure. there's just a lot of, I think that a lot of apps nowadays that coaches and mentors promote you to get like, Calendly, Zoom, uh, uh, what other ones did I, I just had so many, I had like 10 different ones at one point and I was paying like, and that in itself was, you know, a few hundred or maybe even a couple thousand a month. And then you have people that are hired, hired under you and everything. And for me, it was just like, um, I wish that before, you know, before a mentor, if a mentor tells you like, Hey, like you should go like look into getting an assistant coach. You should first, if you're not working with like, like a financial advisor or whatever, you should have like an Excel spreadsheet where like you have all your expenses on it and then how much money like you're personally taking home. And if you're like, just, you know, you're taking home like a good amount to pay your own rent and do this. And you're like, just enough to be comfortable. Like you shouldn't be hiring out. You know what I mean? Like so many coaches now are like just listening to what the mentor says of like, oh, they told me I need to go hire this person or get this or get that. And the next thing you know, you're spending 15K a month like I was. It's all in expenses. And then you feel like you're working your ass off. Um, and then you're just barely taking anything home at the end of the day. And then you just kind of feel like, damn, like, what is this all for? If I'm like working my ass off to make this money and then I'm just giving it away to everyone else. Um, so that's like a big thing right Fuck, now. That's that insane. 
Yeah, that just like not a lot of people are talking about though, because a lot of coaches too, I feel like are like embarrassed to talk to the mentor about it because then they feel like they're like a failure or something like that. You know what I mean? So for me, talking more publicly. You're like, that's what you're paying them for. Yeah, exactly. Um, but just talking, you know, more about it on my page, you know, I know damn well, like I wasn't the only one. I, had, I have so many people still, other coaches right now that are just like, oh, I know I need to let these people go or this, this, and this. And it's just like, you, you need to make those decisions. Cause like the longer you wait, like the harder it's going to get. And like the longer you're holding yourself back from feeling financially free from feeling, you know, really good about everything. Are you uh, currently mentoring anybody? No. So like I said, I do, I do business consulting. I never call myself a, a business mentor. If someone was paying me, I guess okay. for, I had this whole perspective change on it. Um, so I call, okay. I, I call myself business consultant. Now I mainly help people. Uh, I just do like one-off calls with people. So if they need mm -hmm. help with like marketing or branding or social media posts, um, I do like, I help some girls with OF and getting started with that stuff, whatever it may be. Um, I'll just, you know, do like a one-off consult with them or something, or if they want to buy like a few, a few calls, like in, in full or whatever, I'll do that too. Um, but I, I don't have like a program or anything by any means. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of OnlyFans, let's get into the depth of that. This is going to cool. be awesome. I haven't ever talked to anybody who has an OnlyFans and just Ooh. talked about it. I yeah. only know what I know. Um, and so first off, why do you do it? Why do I do it? So I, I'm trying to think. I found it back in 2021, around like the October time. Um, I started, I was following a few other girls, Jazzy Fit on Instagram, Bianca Taylor. And I saw that they had that. And I honestly had never really heard about OF like before that didn't really know a lot about it. Um, I kind of watched like some YouTube videos of like, you know, what content you can put on there, like, you know, why people have it. Cause for me, like the whole perspective in the beginning was like, I was like, well, I work out all the time. I like my physique. I just, I, for me, I just looked at it as a stance of like, I put in a lot of work for like to get my body where it's at if I can make some money just from that, like, why not? Like, I feel good. I look good. If people want to pay me, oh, just yeah. me, like, why the fuck not? <laughs> and then on <laughs> top of that, it was kind of in the back of my mind back in 2021 that I wanted to promote feeling sexy in your own skin in my brand, you know? And like, for me, it was kind of like the first stepping stone towards like getting more confident to promote that, if that makes sense. Um, so for me, like I watched those YouTube videos and kind of got like different perspectives on it. Um, you know, the pros and cons of having one, what to expect, what to offer. Um, and then I just kind of at like 10 PM one night, I just bit the bullet and I made an account. I didn't post anything on my story, on my social media about it. Um, and then I, I, that was the moment that I realized that people will literally just be going on your profile and clicking on your links without you even announcing shit. Because then I got like subscribers <laughs> overnight and I was like, Oh shit. Like I got to start posting <laughs> on this. people are like coming to my page. And I was like, Oh wow. Um, and then I kind of just announced, I kind of just full set, like full send, like just went for it and kind of just posted stuff. Um, I didn't really know what I was going to post on there. I just knew that I wanted to do like lingerie content, some fitness posts, um, just content that, you know, made me feel good. And then, 
I did some consults. I paid to do a consult with um, Bianca Taylor because she's a, she's a really big she's really big on OF too. Um, and then she helped me with the depths of like here's what you can offer. Here's some marketing strategies. Um, and I learned a lot more wow. about the platform in itself. Um, and she was awesome too because I was just like I always admired her confidence, um, Jazzy Fitz confidence. Like these are women that like I really looked up to, and I was like I want to feel like exactly the way that they do. Like they're so confident. They're so sexy. They're so good. Like that's how I want to be perceived online. And that's how I want to feel myself. And that's what I want to help my clients with, you know? Um, So I really looked up to them in that way. And then uh, since having one, like even the first month of having one, um, my confidence, like I just, I loved it. Like I just saw it as a platform that I could post content whenever I wanted, however I wanted. Um, I got, you know, kind of financial recognition or whatever from that, because then I just got a lot more money from it than I thought. I think my first month I made like $12,000. Posting. Yeah. Yeah. And with like a smaller following, like there's some girls that they're, they're, they'd be making like, you know, 300 K a month or whatever. So like 12 K isn't like, that's what I'm trying to do. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't even that much (laughs) for me with following with like, barely 3000 followers. I was like, damn, like one month I make $12,000 on OF. Like what the fuck is happening? Um, and so, yeah. And so since then, like, I've just honestly really loved it. And I put it a part of my brand now too. It's just, to me, it's being able to feel free to express yourself and your body the way that you want. It's not about worrying how others are going to perceive you. It's about, you feel confident enough to, post about it, promote it. It makes me feel sexy in my own skin. I've helped other clients like fitness clients start their own pages if they want. Um, or even if they just, even if it's a client that doesn't want to have an OF, but wants to like go and like be confident enough to go and like have a photo shoot and this, this, and this, like, these are like more of the questions that, you know, I always get asked and women that, you know, want me to help them with and stuff too. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like how I got started in it though. Um, I don't know if you have any other like specific questions on that. Or not. Oh yeah. I got, I got lots of questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, a while back, not too long back after we had talked about, uh, podcasts and stuff like that. Um, there was a, a woman I reached out to cause I, she had uh, asked me some questions before. Uh, I'm not going to name her or anything like that, but you know, I put her information out to, uh, or your information out to her. And I was like, Hey, um, check this woman out. She's a coach. Uh, I would say, you know, you're a lot like a life coach and stuff like that. She can help you with fitness or just trying to get more comfortable in who you are and, and what you're really looking for inside of yourself as a human being and as a woman. And she went on your profile immediately got back to me as a comment, they didn't even message me and was basically like, Oh, she's a body first coach. I've seen these people before. She's not a good coach, all this stuff. And it's like, okay, well, how'd you, how did you gain that type of information? Like, what, what do you mean? And she was like, well, she's got an only fan. She's just typical. And I was like, uh, Oh, like, I don't think that that has anything to do with what type of coach she is. I think that you're just taking it surface level and then you're not really diving into the person that has it. Like who cares? First off, who cares if you have an OnlyFans? Like 
That's freaking awesome. If I could make $300,000 off my fucking OnlyFans, I absolutely would. And first off, I do have an OnlyFans, okay? Um, you can go to Raging Tuna 66 and I just push random items uh, through my kneecaps. Um, but that being said, uh, that's not really true. I don't have an OnlyFans. But if I did, I'm just curious if I could get 300K from Even if I could get a thousand, like a thousand extra month, like, come on. anyways, yeah. that said, what a, what type of scrutiny have you gotten just from heaven and OnlyFans? Do you get a lot of scrutiny from men or just women or just all everybody? Like, I'm just really curious in that aspect because I have heard nothing but bad things about OnlyFans. Everyone always talks shit on it. And in <laughs> all honesty, like, yo, I mean, do what you're gonna do to be successful. I'm trying to make I'm trying to make 300k too. Like, come yeah. on, I'm trying to make 12k a month. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, so I will say it's very interesting, but it where you live kind it can kind of depend on like the audience. Because I was just in Texas, for instance, I was collabing with some of like the fitness coaches down there. Every single girl in that gym has OF. And the men, they don't care down there, like genuinely. But back in Fargo, like you're still you still live in Fargo, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Back in Fargo, no one has an OF there. Like it's like foreign language there. People like you have an OnlyFans, <laughs> like, oh, like hush hush, whatever. Like I remember when I started mine, like it was like the I feel like it was the theme of fucking Metroflex gym there. Like everyone was like, Oh my god, like she has an OF. Um and so <laughs> It, it does kind of depend on where you live. And if you go to like California, people are going to be like, heck yeah, like go for it. You know what I mean? So it kind of depends on the audience, but like just generally speaking from like the social media perspective, um, I, you know, I get like positives, uh, positive comments and I get negative comments. Um, you know, I think that it, it always hurts my heart a little bit more when I get, you know, comments that are rude from other women, because I think that that is the most sad thing ever uh, that you could do because um, this is not me saying that like everyone needs to, everyone should have an OF or everyone should be like, Oh my God, OFs like an amazing thing. That's not what I'm saying at all. Like everyone's entitled to their own, own opinion, but you are not entitled to go to my page and leave a shitty ass remark on, on a photo. And then like, yeah, you know, exactly. What the hell? Because if, if you do, which I'm very transparent with everyone, if I ever see like a negative comment like that, um, it'll be deleted and you'll be blocked. Like, I don't even give people the time of day. Um, I'm not going to waste my time, you know, trying to do this little battle in the in the DMs or in the comments with someone because yeah. it's like, that's a waste of my time. Um, and right. that just has a whole other level of healing to do and a whole different level of perspective uh, because I, I get it where women are at. I really do. I used to look at other women who had OFs and I was like, what the hell is this? Like, this is oh my God, this is terrible. Like she's, she's showing porn, like it's sex videos, whatever. First of all, her body, her choice. If she wants to do that, it's up to her. Like, who are you, who are you to judge? Um, but then on top of that, it's just like people, people are just so quick to judge. Like just, just like the, the woman that was in your DMs, like she looks at an OF and um, again, like she can, if, if that's like a moral thing for her, I totally get it. Like I don't have any hate towards that. Um, but you know, if she's going to be you know, if someone's going to be super negative or go leave comments or whatever, like, oh, I mean, I'll never work with them. I'll never, you know, cause they're just not on that level. Um, and on top of that, you know, I just think that 
<laughs> it just shows we're on a whole different level of, of growth and personal personal development. You know what I mean? Um, I have friends that are that are close to me, even that I I when I started OF, you know, like they they didn't love OF. They didn't have they weren't really like all about like oh shit. I think some of them even questioned it. You know, like oh shit, like how's that going to look for her brand? This this and this. Um, but then over time, like a year later, I have friends who I would have never thought would have had an OF or like asking me about getting an OF and like want more questions about it and this, this and this. So I think a lot for women in the beginning um, can be a place from insecurity um, because they're thinking, you know, for me, at least it was just like, first of all, just flat out judging women for, for having it. But then on top of that, um, I was a little bit jealous, too, because I was like, dang, like, I wish I could post as confident as they could on social media and they could, they can like own up to having an OF and not give a fuck. And I wish that I could do that in my life, you know? And then, you know, that lead me to having resentment towards them and just being like, you know, Oh, they just show their ass too much or they just show this or that. Um, so I can, I can empathize. I can't say that word. I can sympathize <laughs> with women who um, come at me from a place and they, you know, they don't understand it or they don't agree with it because I was there but if you're going to go and like leave a negative comment, I just can't even imagine that. Like I would never do that. Even if I hated a post so bad, I would never comment to another woman woman and just be like, you're not a credible coach. Like I've had women before, like a mom um, who was a coach and she like commented on one of my uh, OF promotion posts and was just like, how is this post going to get you any clients? Like, I don't understand like why you're posting this. So then I, I blocked her and just deleted the message and then she went out of her way to like make another account and then message me again on the post. And I was like, who has time for that in their day? That's where Damn. I just like, I know that like, that's fucking commitment. Yeah. I'm just like, it's not about me. It's about you when you do that. And a lot of people don't realize that. So for me, like, I know I'm going to get, I'm going to continue to get judgment. I'm going to continue to get negativity. Um, I'm going to continue, you know, to get people that maybe even, you know, unfollow me or whatever, um, but that's fine to me. I'm just like you, I'm, I'm just in such like a confident, solid place for why I do it that I'm like, I don't expect everyone to understand it. I don't expect everyone to agree with it. That's completely okay. Um, and I could give a fuck less if, if, if I have a man coming on and telling me his freaking opinion on it. <laughs> like if that's <laughs> and I'm just like, boy, you, you definitely don't get to tell me what I get to do with my body and what I want to do. And no, so that's Damn just, straight. I I don't even bat. I don't even bat an eye over that. Can I tell you what I think? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think that anyone who demonizes or has anything bad to say about your content or any other woman's content on the internet is one stupid, uh, <laughs> and two, and two. I think they're insecure. A highly insecure. They're very um, insecure. And I think, yeah, I think they see it as like, you know, you're a competition to maybe their significant other or something like that. I'm going to tell you right now, there's there's just no difference between OnlyFans and porn. Maybe the level of uh, content, sure, but like, I'm, there's just there's just no difference. Like, I'm sorry, like, if, if, you, if your husband's going on porn and you're not screaming at porn stars, like, why are you screaming at OnlyFans? Like who cares? And yeah, honestly, and like, 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 why are there even? There shouldn't even be laws against this type of stuff, in my own opinion. I don't think there should be any laws against like sex work or, uh, uh, 
pornographic images, OnlyFans, none of that stuff. And I just think that that, it's highly unfair. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, And I think that a lot of people too, like OF has such a negative connotation to it that people assume that if you have one, that you're show that you're doing porn on it, which again, like I'm going to like preference here. There's nothing wrong. If you're doing that, I'm not shaming and saying like, Oh, women that do it, that is are like doing something wrong. Cause again, like mm-hmm. do whatever the hell you want, like it's your page. Um, but it just fascinates me how like some people, like they think because you have an OF, like you're showing it all, you're doing it all. Um, and that's been like, yeah. even when I was making like, 12k or whatever like i wasn't doing any of that i was doing lingerie content i was doing whatever and so that's been a huge theme for me and stuff is that like i haven't done any of that on my page and it's like showing other women that like you can still be like financially successful because i get that from women a lot where they're like hey like i would love to start an of but like i don't want to do porn on it and i'm like cool i don't either and then they're like what like you don't and i'm just like no like you the beauty of of is you can you can post and promote whatever you want um, you, you have to have boundaries, like before you start one, you have to figure out like what you feel comfortable posting about. And as long as like, you're good at marketing it, you can make a lot of money on it and not even get close to doing any of that. If you don't want to, you know, like, you know, oftentimes I talk about how I love being a man, Yeah, but there are just some things that you guys, you guys really have the power over, man. If I could make a OnlyFans and make twelve k a month, I absolutely would. Maybe that's what I need to do. I don't know. I'll talk to my wife. Maybe she'll she'll start an OnlyFans. I don't know. <laughs> probably not. She'll probably get mad at me for even saying that. <laughs> okay. So, what are your thoughts on the future of OnlyFans? Um, and the way that our government's going, and the way that um our laws seem to be going towards women uh, and almost like in some cases it seems like we're moving forward in other cases it seems like we're going backwards yeah. so what do you how, what do you think's going to go on with that uh i don't think anything will change with of i think it's going to continue to be super lucrative a lot of money is in it um so i think at the end of the day when there's a lot of money in something it kind of just will stay where it's at because it's that's just this is how it is so i i really do think for of like it'll be totally fine and it will continue to always be there because even if something were to happen to it i am like a hundred percent confident we would just hop on another site you know what i mean like something else would be created like just like that because people know like it's just so much money um in the in the industry for it and just the amount of creators that there are in the world for it like there's so many people that they, that's their full-time income. You know what I mean? And um, so many people are on there every single day and they're, they're making the platform and everything millions, like so much money. So I don't think it will change at all. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't think anything's going to change with, with TikTok either, because I think that there's too much money in it. Oh yeah. They, uh, they went all through through that whole rigmarole just to say yep. that all the data had to go through Texas and everything. Yep. Like, yeah. So that's we just what spent I millions just of tax dollars. Yeah. Just to make a super easy decision. It's just absurd. Yeah. So I think <laughs> we'll be safe by far, honestly. <laughs> so I've heard this um, idea that OnlyFans um, encourages and enables sexual predators to feel uh, comfortable committing 
heinous acts. Do you think that that's like anywhere uh, true? Like, do you think that like maybe, and let me just put an example in here. Uh, someone comes on your profile and maybe, um, maybe they've already committed some sort of uh, heinous act. Right. Mm-hmm. And they come on and they, and they talk to you and you're nice back to them and they feel more comfortable uh, going out in public and committing those acts. Do you think that uh, OnlyFans might be a place to enable and encourage sexual predators or, or no? Um, well, it's, it's very hard from like the creative standpoint, like my point, because obviously we wouldn't want to ever do any of that. But of from that stance, like a hundred, I think yes, because um, from our perspective, we're talking and we're being nice so we can get more of your money. <laughs> And from there, <laughs> that's what it is. I mean, I'm sorry. It's just business. But I'm just like, like, yeah. So it's just like we're doing it to get more money at the end of the day. Many, many girls on OF, they're, they have an agency that works for them. So they're not even the ones answering the messages. It's like an agency. Um, so then the agency is just trying to make them more money. So then the agency makes more money. Um, so they're talking to, you know, a person that's just in the mm-hmm. DMs with them. Um, that's going to be nice to them and is going to talk dirty to them or do whatever um, for more money. So it could definitely be, you know, it could encourage it for sure. And that's why there's a whole other level of um, safety as like an OF creator that needs to be taken. Because even if you only have a couple fans, like at the end of the day, like you don't know who those people are. Um, You don't know, like, if they're going to next level stalk you. And that's why even with my social media and stuff, like if I'm out at a restaurant or I'm out at a coffee shop, I don't post about it until I, until I, leave. you know what I mean? Like I, I don't do that anymore. Like I used to post it that's right then and there, idea. but now that like my following has, has went up and I have like a lot, quite a few fans and everything. I'm just like, especially living in like a bigger city now in Nashville, I'm like, I'm not living in Fargo anymore. You know what I mean? Where like, I kind of know everyone at the restaurants or the bars or whatever. And it's like, yeah, small yeah. Town feel. like I always have to remind myself, like I'm in like a big, like actually pretty like dangerous city. Like every single city is going to be dangerous. And so for me, it's just taking that whole other level of precaution um, and even, you know, like I don't, I don't go get gas at night. I don't go grocery shopping at night. I only go during the day and I only go to like the specific locations that I know about. And, you know, it's a, it's a whole other level of things that, you know, women in general, even if you don't have an OF should be thinking about, of course, but especially if you have one, you should not be giving these people your location. You should not be telling them exactly where you live. You shouldn't be doing any of that shit. Um, just because like you, you never know. And I even had a lady, it's pretty crazy that like she messaged me on um, Instagram and I, I'm trying to think of how she figured this out, but I can't remember. But she like told me that this like dude, um, oh, I think she was like his girlfriend actually or something or she didn't even know like it about this dude. But like he like had all like these um, like pictures of me from like TikTok and then was on like my OF. And then she said like she just found out from the cops that he had like um offenses for like raping girls and like the sexual shit. And then she was just like, I just need to like message you and just say oh. like, you need to block this dude. On scary as fuck. Yeah. She, this was like, I think like uh, close to like a year ago. And she was like, you need to block this dude on your TikTok. Like I had no idea about this. And then I just found out and he's been like around my kids. Um, and she was just like, fuck. you're like all over like his, I went through like his photo album and you're like all over it and everything. And she's just like, yeah. And he was, I think, like, in, like, South Carolina or something. So, like, 
not like local by any means, but still like close enough if you wanted to, you know? So That's scary. That, that was kind of the first instance where I was like, shit, like this is actually kind of like a pretty real deal, like a thing, you know, it wasn't something that like directly happened to me where someone was following me or whatever, but I was like, that's pretty fucking scary. Have you had anybody like come up to you and um, express that they, uh, well, I did that. I came up <laughs> other than not from OnlyFans, but for your damn Instagram, I saw you at the gym and I was like, Hey, yeah. I follow you on Instagram. So other than that, uh, <laughs> you ever at, do you have people come up often and be like, Hey, I, I know you from Instagram. I follow you or, or only fans. Um, I've heard like Instagram. Yeah. I haven't had anyone like directly come up to me and be like, Oh my God, I know you from only fans. Cause I think that people, guys are pretty smart to know that that would be pretty fucking awkward and like kind of weird. <laughs> um, I would hope so at least. And like, I haven't really heard about a lot of girls that have had those encounters. Um, but I have had an instance yeah. to where, um, I was like talking like to a dude, like we weren't like seeing each other or dating by any means. Like it was just someone that I was like, you know, got to know and was friends with. And then they told me like a few weeks later, like, they felt really bad and they were like, yeah, like before, like I really started to get to know you. Like I was on your OF for a while and this, this, and this. <laughs> and I just thought oh, it was gosh. funny. Yeah. Um, but then, <laughs> Did it make then it they awkward? Like, huh? Um, no, I mean, I kind of like had like a feeling, but I wasn't going to like ask. Um, and then he's just sure. like, but then once like we started like hanging out and talking, like in like a friend, we had like a same like friend group. Um, he was like, I just immediately unsub because I just felt super weird and awkward about it. Um, but I didn't want to feel like I was like hiding something or whatever. And I was just like, it's cool, man. Like, that's fine. And respect. And I was like, the only thing that would make it weird is if like you were still subbed. And then like you sent me a message after we hung out today. You know what I mean? And just be like, oh, I'm still on here or something like that'd be fucking weird. <laughs> so no, yeah. I'm a, I'm, I like to troll people. So. I probably, yeah. I mean, if one of my friends was OnlyFans, I, I would just uh, get on there as a fake person and then just be like, ask some really fucking weird ass questions, <laughs> really throw yeah. them for a loop. <laughs> yeah, no, but other than that, I haven't really had anything happen. If anything, it's just been Instagram, like, oh, like I follow you on Instagram or I've seen you on TikTok and I've had some of that stuff happen. Um, but other than that, no. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm like out, I guess, and I meet people and stuff and then I follow them. Like, I, I'm not someone that I'm just like, oh, I have OnlyFans. Like, I don't really directly say that at all. But then I kind of just let them see for themselves. Dang. Hmm. Yeah. So we've uh, discussed in-depth content. And let me say... Um... I first started following you because you spread amazing content as a leader and um you know it's mostly geared towards empowering women and i think that we're missing a lot of leaders in the world um and and i think that your leadership um that there's 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 a few different types of leadership and i think that the way that you're influencing uh as a leader uh, to the world. And I think that a lot of, a lot of people need to follow you, especially, especially women, uh, but men need to follow you too. Um, and so the, the leadership that you're spreading, I think is pretty amazing. And I think that how you use um, OnlyFans for that to show women like, Hey, look, you can be, you can be comfortable. You can be confident. Like 
do like I'm doing this to show you that you can you can change your lifestyle and mm-hmm. you can be great and you don't have to feel the way that you're feeling. I think that's pretty amazing. And I think we need a lot more of that. Uh, and there should be an understanding there where like, you know, I get it. You're making money from OnlyFans, but like you, you're also using it to drive an important message too. And I think that that's, people should understand that. It's sad to sit, to hear that people have scrutinized you or, or uh, have been negative to you in any way. And even coming from my own experience on that, like that mm-hmm. freaking sucks. I mean, look, if I can make, 300k on OnlyFans, like I said, I would definitely have an OnlyFans, and mm-hmm. uh, so, and I'm sure I would get scrutinized for that. You're a man; you don't need an OnlyFans. I don't know, mm-hmm. something like that. You should be out in the field working or some weird stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, we talked a little bit about you managing and not liking it. What is your experience with managing humans? Um. I mean, I guess for me, I mean, I've had experience in the gym, kind of like what I brought up before. And then also from an online like coaching perspective and everything too, as well. So I think for me, my biggest challenge, I guess, in that has been kind of like any business owner, kind of like letting go because when you're so used to doing everything by yourself, um, you, you kind of just get in that mindset of like, no one does it better than me. Kind of how I said before as a trainer, like mm-hmm. no one does it better yeah. than me. Um, and it's just, it's kind of the, an ego thing you have to put aside kind of as a leader and as, as a, you know, business owner and everything is like, yeah, like no one, no one is going to do it as, as like better than you because no one at the end of the day should care about your business as much as you do. And that's just the reality sure. of it. Um, when it's your business and your baby, and especially when you're like a small business owner, um, and everything is self-funded, like no one, no one gets it except other business owners of like how much the business means to you and like why everything needs to be done a specific way. So for me in the past, kind of just like more so from the online coaching perspective, like outsourcing and just again, giving the clients to another coach was, it was a huge hurdle for me in the beginning because, um, doing that from like an in-person perspective. Um, I had that past experience of not feeling confident in those coaches and whatever. Um, but I had great coaches that, that worked for me. I'm definitely not talking down on them. Like they were amazing and everything, but it was just more of a mindset thing, um, that you as a leader in the beginning have to really tackle. Um, also another one is kind of just communication as always communication is going to be huge. Um, keeping your team motivated and incentivized too, as well, because again, like you have to keep them engaged and make sure that, you know, your numbers are where they need to be. And I've had, you know, times in the past where, you know, numbers weren't where they, where they needed to be. And then especially um, if you get close relationships and friendships with that, like you just have to put that all, all beside, you know, you have to put away the emotions uh, and you have to lead more with logic when it comes to business decisions and what you need to do. And I think that that's, where a lot of business owners can struggle, especially female business owners, we can kind of lead with our emotions sometime a little bit too much mm-hmm. and that can hold us back from what needs to get done. Uh, so that was a big commitment that I made to myself starting last year was that, you know, I need to put my emotions aside. It's not saying you should never have emotions with business. Um, Cause I do think when it comes to your branding and like, you know, your messaging and this, this, and this, and like the impact, like you need to like go with where your heart wants you to go. Um, but when it comes to the tactical stuff, like the numbers and uh, the, the logistics and everything like that, and like big business decisions, 
you need to lead with what makes sense to the business and not how you're feeling and like how you're scared, how someone's going to feel and having that uncomfortable conversation and what are they going to think about me and da, 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 da. Like that stuff's just holding. That's why back. I love your content because you just you just be sending it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm all like, yeah, I'm straight out now. Like, I'm like either you love me or you hate me. Like, there's kind of like no one between. Um, but I'm I'm just like, like fuck it. I'm just gonna say what everyone's thinking, you know. So um, that's kind of just my experience, I guess. Kind of like biggest struggles and stuff too. Um, but I would say kind of like my strengths are, you know, I just I've always had a really big. Uh, a really big vision of like where I want to go. And I I have the ability to dream really big. And um, I have, you know, super stubborn person, but also comes with like an amazing, you know, work ethic ever since I was little. And when I was working three jobs and whatever, um, I just have a really good work ethic. I mean, you'll never see me quit or, or give up, even if I'm taking the quote unquote harder route or whatever, like I'll take the more challenging route like any day. Um, So that's why I always, you know, love that love the quote like you can never you know beat a person who never gives up and that's kind of a thing i've always lived by wow and i think you need yeah i mean you really hit that nail right on the head it's and it's crazy to me how many people will make decisions based off emotions and not uh logic Um, yeah and i agree you need to be passionate with what you're doing and what your message is or what you're selling but yep. at the same time, like when it comes to like actually selling it, when you make smart, logical decisions, yeah. so tough. I even, yep. I see it a lot in men too, where they're leading with emotions and not logic. And it's yeah. like, you got to kind of get over your, <laughs> your ego or yep. whatever it is kind of yep. holding you back from uh, being successful there. Yep. Um, what type of leader do you think you are? Uh, I guess what I mean, I don't know. Is, it, is, is there like an option B or C or? <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, do, you know, do you think that you're more of an empathetic leader or do you, um, do you feel like you're a very uh, personable leader or do you think you're kind of like that leader that kind of sits behind the scenes and controls things, uh, manipulates the battlefield and, and uh, makes decisions or, you know, what kind of leader do you feel like you are? Yeah. Um, I'm definitely not someone who really like sits behind the scenes. Um, I don't know. I know leaders who, who are like that and actually really admire them for that of just, you know, I'll know like the, the person that can sit back and be more of like the quiet observant one. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, I mean, I'm definitely someone I would say like, like personable and stuff for sure. Uh, but I always need to be like involved and I always need to know like what's going on. I always am planning ahead. I'm a big planner. I'm a really big like type A person um, to where, you know, I'm very organized and everything too. Uh, but then there's also kind of the part of me that's like the executor too. So if I don't have like a plan, for instance, then I just feel kind of like completely lost on like, you know, what what needs to get done? What am I going to do? Um, I think there's a lot of leaders that can kind of just like go with the flow and be very spontaneous, so to say. But for me, um, I'm definitely more of like need to be involved, organized, planning what's coming up. What are we doing? Um, and kind of just executing, executing from there. Is super, super huge. I recently just read this book that laid out this uh, this tool. 
that um, higher agencies use. Uh, And basically they categorize people and they make the most efficient team that they can where uh, they have, and they, they, they base them off animals. So they have a, a lion, a fox, a cheetah, and a bear. Have you heard about these like super efficient teams? A little bit, I think. Okay, so it'd be like the lion is like the organizational uh, individual. The fox is like the clever uh, idea individual. The cheetah is the actionable person where they're just, they go and the bear's relationships like what would you see yourself as um what did you say the lion was again so the lion was all about like organization they're they're plotting the points for everybody and they're making sure everybody's doing yeah it's so hard because i kind of feel like i'm a mix of like the lion and the cheetah like again like i'm really good at like organized and everything um, but then okay. I'm also like, I don't procrastinate at all. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I know some really big successful entrepreneurs, um, even some here in Nashville here that they're definitely more of um, like the dreamer, the idea, they know exactly what they want to do, but if they don't have the executor on their team, then the, like nothing's going to get done and they're just going to kind of like procrastinate. Um, okay. And so for me, like, I'm not someone that, you know, I could be like, oh, like I need to make this step or I want to do this dream or whatever, but then I like don't (laughs) do anything. So that's why I do kind of think I'm a little bit of a mix of both. Um, But I have a friend actually who she's like a 10 out of 10 executor and stuff. And I do think that if you're an executor, like I'm not saying you can't be a business owner by any means, but I do think that those people can be a really strong number two person. Like they can have, you know, yeah. the CEO and then they're like the number two. Cause then you, you know, a lot of business owners, we're dreamers. We know like what we want, where we want to go. And then if you can be, if you know, like really well that you're an executor, you just need to be told what to do. And then you're going to go and like do it right away and like be the, the cheetah. Um, you can be a really powerful asset to, to a brand. So, so the idea behind this is that you have one organizational person, right? They organize everything. You have an ideas person who brings brand new ideas all the time. That's it's fresh off the block kind of stuff. That's the Fox and you have the cheetah, right? The actionable person who that's just like, all right, let's go, let's get it done. Uh, And they're, they're just the, they're the go person. And then you have that relationship person, the bear, right? And they say that like you, one of each of these people on a team makes a super efficient team, like, like an ultimate team. Um, And and you have to have, you can have good teams uh, with two of these individuals. Like if you had two cheetahs and, you know, you had a fox and a lion, you could have a good team, but you wouldn't have a super efficient team. Um, That's that said, um, if you were going to take, uh, and this ties into it, if you're going to take a vacation, what's the first thing you're going to do? Like, what do you do if you're going to go take a vacation? What do you mean? Like, what action do you take? You're like, I got five days myself. I'm going to take a vacation. What are your steps? Uh, like book the trip or book the flight and get all organized with like what you're going to do when you're there. Okay. So you're a lion. Yeah. Cause then you're like, so oh. like the question is, is based off of like, what, what, what are your actions? Like, do you just yeah. take the flight and then figure it out? Yeah. Or do you figure it out and then take the flight? I've done both. <laughs> but, oh, okay. So you are both spontaneous person. Like people, my friends know that about me. Like, 
trust me, like I say I'm type A and I'm a planner and for the most part I am. But if something like feels right in my gut or I have like this gut intuition, I'll just book the flight or I'll just make the decision <laughs> like that. And I'll fucking go and I'll be like, hey, guys, like I'm going to L.A. or I'm going to this or that. And you're like, what the heck? Like, so I, I'm a little bit of both. That's why I kind of believe in this instance. Like, Maybe I'm you're not a cheetah. Maybe you're a cheetah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I think I'm a, I'm a mix of like the lion and the cheetah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think that's funny. And it's yeah. so that that uh, question works every single time. Yeah. And uh, that's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> OK, so uh, what type of leader do you think people think you are? Like, um, how do you come across to people as a leader? I think to other people. I think most people would kind of see me as being someone who could potentially be more of a fox, like kind of like clever and um, spontaneous, either that or an executor, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, it kind of depends if you're like asking someone who is just meeting me or if you're like asking close friends, you know, because my close friends – you know, they would probably say that I'm more of an executor for sure. But then if you go and maybe just hear me speak at an event or you meet me a couple of times, I probably seem more of like a very relaxed, very spontaneous kind of go with the flow sort of gal. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I uh, feel like people think I'm a hard ass. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Yeah. At, at least I don't try to be. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> I mean, it happens. It is what it is. <laughs> Do you think, uh, you know, speaking on just like who you are and like, you know, I do feel like you're a go-getter, right? You just, mm-hmm. uh, I always, seems like you're always on the go. Like, and when you mm-hmm. have a goal in mind, like you just attack it. Yeah. Um, do you think you would have made a good, made a good soldier? Um. I mean, mindset wise, yeah. Me, this is, I feel like podcast versus reality, probably not. <laughs> I, mean, I am such, I'm such a girly girl. Like I have so much respect, like for you guys, like my whole family, my dad's side was actually in um, like the air force and military and stuff like that. Um, I've been asked before and stuff, but I, I mean, sure. I'm just, I'm such a girly girl. Like, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, <laughs> but I never picture myself, but from like the work ethic standpoint of mindset and like leadership and stuff like that, like I totally can see, um, from that perspective, but me like personally and physically, like, no, like y- y- probably a woman in the army could like eat me. Like I'm tiny. <laughs> <laughs> so no, like I can do push ups. I mean, that's, just, that's, just, yeah, that's, just- I can, as I can do, but other than that, no, I'm so we're not ogres. Like, <laughs> I'm so small, um, so I'm just like, no, like, I have respect for it, but like, I no, like, I can't, I can't wear camo, like, it doesn't match any of like my mini skirts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, some of them, some of them girls in the trailer parks, they really make that stuff match, yeah, I guess, but that's like sadly <laughs> for me, so. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Do you think, um, you think it would have, you know, if you had been in the army uh, and you came up, do you think you would have been a good leader in the army? And do you think that you also would have left and done the same things that you're doing now? 
or at least tried. Like going into like my own business and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I'm kind of just a firm believer that like whatever I set my mind to and whatever I truly want to do, like I'm going to, I'm going to be great at it, if that makes sense. So if I really felt calling to go and do that, I have no doubt, like I would have, you know, been successful with it. And I do think that like, I would have learned really good leadership skills and everything from there. Um, it would have just, you know, really pushed me to want to go and have my own brand and everything even more. Cause I always knew that growing up that I wanted to have my own business and have like my own thing. I just never really knew what it would be. Um, and then I got into fitness and that's how I knew like, yep, like this is, this is meant to be a part of like my path in some way, shape or form. It's actually pretty cool. Not a lot of people get to experience that, or at least some don't experience it until they're like 35. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And don't get me wrong. I mean, 35 is still freaking young. Like you can hear me. I said that all the time to people. Yeah. Like I ask people, I mean, I feel like I'm older than I actually am. You know, um, all my friends are in their 30s. I really don't have that many friends at all that are around my age. Um, and I hear that all the time with people where they're like, oh, like, you know, I'm so old now, this and that. And I'm like, if you're in your thirties, like, shut the fuck up. Like respectfully, <laughs> you're still so young. Damn. Like, Damn, I'm, I'm 30 years yeah. old. Like I'm feeling old too. No, like I can't wait until <laughs> I'm in my thirties. Like I hope I'm fine as wine and I'm thriving in my thirties. Like it's Hell just, yeah. I, don't know. I think people need to remember how young they actually are and how much time we actually have, you know, like we have so much time. Oh yeah. I agree. I'm trying to prove that right now. I think I'm failing a little bit because my knee's swollen right now. But I'm trying <laughs> to stay. I'm a big guy, so I'm doing CrossFit. So it's taking my so taking some time for my body to get used to it. Yeah. But um, yeah, and I would, you know, it's it's tough when I, I, I'm. What I see uh, these NCOs, or non-commissioned officers that are in the army, uh, you know, they're usually um, 30s, early 30s. And they're all like, oh, I'm old. I'm old. I can't do that no more. And I, I just don't believe in that. I think you can. Yeah. You're yeah. just losing the uh, ambition to. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's a tough thing is a lot of people lose ambition when they get to a certain point of success. Uh, yeah. They feel like there's not really a next step for them. Or, you know, before, I think as young leaders, you know, you're kind of given like this small stairway, maybe a step, a guidance, you know, if you will on how to be successful. And then you get to a certain point where, okay, you've, you've, you've done some successful things. You've made it to a certain point. And I think the important part for people to understand is that maybe you're not, your next step isn't going to be given to you. I think the real key there is to look behind you and start pulling people with you. And I think at that moment, that next step comes with that, you know, and that's the important part. I think people forget that they don't, they don't, they don't stay ambitious with it. And then uh, I think a part of that is helping other people and, and understand that they can be just like you, or uh, they could be just as successful. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, you know, the uniqueness that comes from that is like the ideas or the, the type of understanding that sometimes you're not going to be perfect in what you're doing and reaching out and asking for help. Uh, like yeah. you did, you know, with your mentors, you reached out to yeah. businesses and, um, and got these, uh, these mentorship programs involved. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. that's important. And yeah. you even said yourself, like at some point you needed to step back. And I think, you know, at some point you you just have all the answers, you know, and you're not, you're not going to really be able to, um, you don't have anything left to learn. 
you know what you need to do. You know how to be successful, you know? And um, I think that you're, you're going to, you know, some people got to take another couple steps before they're really going to have to dive into another set of mentorship because there's yeah. a different level of leadership and business alike, you know? And yeah. that's, uh, I think those are tough lessons that people just don't understand sometimes and they end up failing when they get to that point. I, you know, I just turned 30. I can tell you right now, I'm probably not moving like no 20 year old uh, go getter. You know, that said, that doesn't yeah. mean that I'm not going to make you work for it to be better yeah. than me or anything like that. I still got my own ambitions. You know, yeah. I want to be a business owner one day. I want to do great things too. I want to lead people to success. And that takes time and improvement. And I have to keep a certain mindset the whole time. And it just sucks when I see people kind of lose that spark in their eye. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, how are we going to dig you out of this hole, brother? You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 100%. What, what advice do you have for uh, young and upcoming leaders? Or, you know, even business owners out there? Yeah, for sure. Um, I honestly think, like, for me, thinking back to when I was, you know, 18, 19 years old and I had three jobs and the only way like I I would have like a cooking job, I remember, and I had to clean the, the kitchen in the back of it from I'd work from 7 p.m. until midnight and then get up at 4 a.m. the next day and go train clients. And every single night when I was like cleaning that kitchen, I would put my AirPods in and I listened to like business podcasts. And I kept like an open mind. Like I just had that willingness to learn and wanting to learn from others. Um, I remember I listened to like Andy Frisella, Amanda Bucci. I would listen to just a ton of people, you know, Gary Vee, people that like I really looked up to in the business setting and the standpoint. Uh, Cause I think in the beginning when you want to start your own business and your brand, like it can definitely be, it's very lonely. Like I was going to say it can be lonely, but it, it definitely is lonely because unless you're very, very, very fortunate to have a circle of other business owners um, in the beginning when you're first starting out, you're probably like all your friends and your family members and everyone is going to think that, you know, you're, you're pretty crazy for wanting to start your own brand. Or when you first talk about it to them, they're, they're not really going to think that it's realistic, that it's going to be sustainable um, you know, they're going to be like, dang, like, don't you hear that? Like 95% of businesses fail in the first five years and this, this, and this. Um, and it can, if you don't have people, like I didn't really have anyone. Um, I was very fortunate to have a friend back then that I still do right now, which is Kayla Forcier. Um, and we both started, you know, as trainers at Metroflex and we both like were, you know, next to nothing in terms of names and social media and coaches in the industry. Um, but other than that, like, we didn't really have anyone else, you know, um, I was a part of a, a really cool team there, Eric, Eric Sweeney's team. Like I have to give him a shout out too. But before that, when I was at any time, like I didn't have anyone. Um, so I felt like that was my way of like connecting, you know, and listening to them through podcasts. And so that, and like having just an open mind to learn and realize that like, you just need to tell yourself and admit that like, you don't know shit. Like, I think that <laughs> there's a lot of younger business owners and especially Typical people that are around my age, the general person, we have to drop our freaking ego. Like people my age, I cannot stand it. Like we think because of social media, if we get a TikTok that blows up or we have a few thousand followers on Instagram that we're the shit and they have this huge ego and they want to like be a business owner and this, this and this. 
Um, so I do think it's a lot of ego dropping for younger people my age. Uh, but if you're, you know, a little bit older in the sense and you're younger in business, though, it's like you just need to really start putting yourself out there, go to events, go to, um, you know, things in, in your hometown where you can like connect with your community and really just have shake their hand and get your get your face out there. Like that's like everything in the beginning, because uh, then that's, you know, like that's how you build connections. Uh, I used to hate the saying, like, it's all about who, you know, like my parents would always say that growing up. And I was, I was just like, so stubborn. I just be like, it's not even going to matter about who I know. Like I'm going to be so successful, (laughs) which like, Hey, like more power to you. Like you can grow that way. But like, I'm telling you, like, I got a few different opportunities in this last year. And I'm telling you, like, it literally opened doors for me that would have probably taken me five or 10 more years to get opportunities with, you know what I'm saying? Just because I had a connection or just because I pitched myself or just because, you know, I went to LA and and met with someone there, you know what I mean? So um, by going to events and meeting people or just going and pitching yourself and being super confident when people, you know, have opportunities that can really open the door for you that much quicker too, as well. Wow. It's so true. I actually, um, I go to high schools a lot. I hear a lot of kids that, that want to be business owners or they want to be influencers and stuff like that. And when I ask, you know, the question, how that's, that's the question that really throws them for a loop, which kind of just yeah. obliterates everything they think about what they're going to do. And I, you know, I, I get, we got to ask the question, but it kind of blows my mind. No one asks themselves that question. How am I going to do this? Yeah. They just expect yeah. it to be given to them. Um, and it's mind boggling blows my mind that people really do think like that. Yeah. It's just a bunch of entitlement nowadays. And like, people just don't want to work for it. And for me, like I never knew how I was going to, you know, start and actually have a sustainable business. Like I would have, you know, even struggled to answer that question But I probably would have what I know, like I would have answered just saying, like, I don't really know exactly how, but I know for a fact, like I'm going to make it happen and I'm going to figure it out. And if you're not like resourceful like that and you don't know, like you don't have that like feeling in, in your gut that like this is like what you know you're meant to do and like the impact you're meant to make, you're you're just not going to make it. You're going to go about a year or two into business life's going to get hard or whatever, or you're going to, you know, you're just not really going to be in it. And then next thing you know, you're going to be making, making posts on Instagram that, you know, you no longer have your business and, you know, you're so happy that you went with this other job when maybe you are happy and like, I'm happy for you, but it's been very interesting for me to see, like, for, I follow people who are like in my very first ever mentorship program, like back in 2018 to now. And it's been very, very interesting to see the amount of people that are still in it right now, you know, and like wow. still with their business because you need to have the work ethic. You have to be relentless. <laughs> you have to get used to hearing no. You have to get used to being, you know, fired by your clients and whatever, especially in yes. fitness coaching. Like you're going to lose a ton of clients every single month. Like you have to get used to it. Um, and for most people, it's just going to be too much. Like you're bringing in your own revenue and your own money. Like it's not guaranteed. And for me, like I thrive off of that pressure. Like I thrive off of like, just pressure in general. Like that's when I like really just always zone in and I've made like the biggest months happen is when I've had pressure and other people, they just can't take it, you know, like it mentally like breaks them or they just can't handle it, um, which is totally okay. But especially when you're newer in business and stuff, if you can't handle pressure, 
um, you're going to crack super soon and you're going to find that out really quick. I love when people come up to me and they tell me that they're going to go to college for business. And because of that, they're going to start a business. And in my mind, I'm like, that's not, that's, that's not what you need. You need to understand business and college doesn't make you understand business. And I totally agree with you. I'm actually going to school right now for, uh, for business. And I'm thinking about changing my major because it's just, it, like you said, it just teaches you how to be a manager. It doesn't teach you about real business, real owning a business or anything like that. The most business sense item that I got was, uh, accounting. That was the most business sense thing that I did and I hated it, but it it made sense to me in terms of running a business, but all this other stuff. I mean, I just think that it's bullpucky. I I don't believe in any of it. And, uh, I'm honestly a little, uh, um, not discouraged, but disappointed, disappointed in like, how are you going to tell people about like, you're, they're going to be a business. They're going to get a degree in business, but you're not really going to teach them anything about business. You're going to just teach them how to like manage human beings. Like I can do that all day. I've managed $6 million worth of equipment in humans. Mm -hmm. Why would I need to learn how to do that again? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, so, yeah, that's not, like I don't want to pay. I have a bunch of debt. I'd rather use that money towards working with people that actually started their own business and actually do that. Like I had someone in my Instagram DMs today that were, that was just like, oh, like um, I want to like open up like my my own gym and was asking me about college and everything. And I was like, well, first of all, having your own physical gym is very different from being an online coach. So this is just way out mm-hmm. of my realm. I was like, the first thing you can do is you can go and talk to um, gym owners in the Fargo-Moorhead area, not the corporate gyms, not the any times or whatever, because those people don't know shit there about anything about running businesses. Um, but go and talk to the small business owners like at Evolution Fitness, at Metroflex, at people that are small town, like small business owners that have done it themselves um, and pay yeah. them. Don't just go up and be like, like just kind of owner. Hey, how did John, you do this? Hey, John, tell me how you went, all the shit you went through and just sit down and give me your time. This is what I freaking love is when you go (laughs) time from business owners. Cause I, like I've told you, I mean, I've spent over a hundred K into other mentors. You're like, I'm not going to go, I'm sorry. And sit down with a coach that has never done anything and just expect me to pour out everything I've learned for nothing. Like, no, that's, that's kind of like disrespectful. So I was like, you need to go and you need to go and offer to pay them for their time to sit down and ask them some questions if they're willing to do that, you know? And so to me, like, that's how you're really going to learn at least like some of the basic things that you should know before even considering opening a gym, for instance. Yeah. I'm it's, it's hurtful when people or it's, I guess more annoying when people say that they don't care about the money aspect of the business. They just want to like help people or something like that. When in all reality, like, that's the whole reason you have the business is for money. You have to make a living somehow. You can't just, yeah. money doesn't appear on trees, right? It doesn't just magically appear in the business either. You have yeah. can't just do everything for free. I get favors and stuff like that. But like, you know, if you're walking up to a business owner and you're like, hey, um, take me under your wing for free. Like one, yeah, that's 100% disrespectful. And then two, like they have, they have time too. Like they, they have a whole life as well. Think that they want to take an extra 
you know, four hours out of their day to tell you how exactly yeah. they're doing how something perfect, thing. you know? Yeah. yeah. And especially for me, like working with very successful people in the industry, people who are making millions a month. Like I've had so many amazing opportunities to sit at dinners and like talk to these people, pick their brain. I went to a UFC fight with like Alex Hermosi one time. Like it was, it's freaking insane. Like the amount of like time that I've had with people. And once you hear how busy they are, first of all, for me, it was like, okay, Alicia, shut the fuck up. Like you need to work harder because these people are like a whole other level. Right. And then on top of that, um, you realize like how valuable their time is to where I was just like, wow, like this is why sometimes in the beginning, like you just, you just don't really like think about that stuff. Like when you're a newer business owner, you just want to learn. And I get it. Like you want to learn from people. You're, you're just like hungry to get resources, this and that, but just, you also just have to be super respectful of some like of people's time and know that like they've been in this game for years and they, they were at your spot one time but they put in the work, the time, the money, the resources to get where they're at. Um, so you just like shouldn't expect for them to just like pour it all out to you when you can't give no. them value back. If you could give them value back and they can see benefit from you, that's a whole completely different conversation. Um, but if they're like yeah. way ahead of you and stuff, you have to be pitching like, you know, you have to p- pitch the value that you can give them. Otherwise, like you need to be paying for their time, you either pay for their time or you pitch to them like why you're going to be value valuable for them. Yeah, I agree. Even uh, looking at like getting people to come on as guests for this podcast, you know, people's time is valuable. So to tell somebody like, yeah, you know, we're just going to sit for two hours and talk to somebody that you have no, yeah, you you know, like uh, I, I asked a gentleman a couple of weeks ago if, if he wanted to come on to the podcast and like, he didn't know me. I don't know him. I just see his content. And I was like, hey, I I like your content. Would you want to come on the top podcast and talk? Like they don't know me. So like <laughs> taking two hours out of their Saturday or something like that, that's kind of, you know, that's wild to them, you know, and that makes sense. Like I totally understand. And like, you know, as, as someone who's run a podcast and stuff like that, like I totally, yeah, I don't run my podcast at a specific time every time, but I just try to release the content at a specific time. And so like, yeah, I just, it it's sometimes tough to like trying to bring someone on when I don't necessarily have anything to offer them except for the fact mm-hmm. that they're going to be on a podcast. And so, yeah, I get that coming from somebody that's like, you know, asking or trying to invite people on. It makes sense. You know, people mm-hmm. are worth their time's money, you yeah. know, your time's money. So that kind of stuff's important. I mm-hmm. think uh, I think a lot of us smaller business owners miss that mark. Like we don't yeah. understand. Some of them don't understand. Like, hey, like can't just walk up and ask everybody for their time and expect it to expect them to no. give it to you because yeah, no. uh-uh. you know when you look at millionaires, billionaires, Warren Buffett, he has his whole schedule mapped out every single day. He doesn't take vacations, but the guy's a billionaire. Yeah. So. You know, those types of things people just don't understand. They don't understand what it's like to be rich. You know, being oh, rich yeah. is not easy. So, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. I got one more question for you, and it's 100% off topic. Okay. Okay. All right. If Earth was to be destroyed in 100 years, okay, asteroid or something is going to destroy Earth. We know it. It's guaranteed. 
100 years from this date. Okay. And the government had an application process for a, like a new horizon type spaceship where like it was going to take you to a new planet and you're going to restart human existence. You yourself, like they're going to put you in the spaceship. They're going to put you in like a cryostasis and you're going to be asleep and you're going to arrive at this new planet. However many years down the road, um, would you put in an application and do you think you would be selected? Let's just say that there's 500,000 slots to get on this spaceship out of mm -hmm. the 8 billion, 8.5 billion people on the planet. Okay. And I guess the only thing I'm thinking of right now is since it's in a hundred, you said a hundred years like from when, today. Yeah. So when I already be dead anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my question to you is, are you going to stay, would you stay on earth and um, live your life out as you are now on earth? Or would you get on the spaceship or put in an application to get on the spaceship? And do you think you'd be selected to? And we'd be going like right now, or would it be like in a couple years? I mean, sorry, I'm asking too many questions. The no, I mean, that, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a great question. I'm just like, I wouldn't really want it. Like, I would need to know more information about this other planet because if there's not a lot built there, you know what I'm saying? Like, if they if you, if they told us like, hey, there's life at this other planet, we've proven it's like yeah. already they already have like streets and businesses, this and that. It'd be <laughs> fucking cool to check out, but I'm not going to some new planet where like there's no buildings, there's no civilization. Yeah, that's the thing. No, no buildings, no civilization. No, we know it's habitable. No. We know it's guaranteed habitable and that you will survive on it. But we don't no. know. No, it's there's no because there's no Louis Vuitton. <laughs> there's no gyms. <laughs> I can't yeah, but... get your nails done. I can't travel and go to Florida and sit on the beach. No, I probably I wouldn't go because I'd be dead anyway by the time that the earth's gonna go. And so I would just stay here and chill. Do you think that? the world the world would go into like immediate turmoil if if that information was released they were like in a hundred years no matter what you think what you do the earth will end in 100 years no because science like we're all dead by now i don't really <laughs> think that many people honestly i think some people would get kind of i feel like more people would be intrigued to see what the other planet would be i don't think they'd be like freaking out because because it's in a hundred years like we're gonna be dead regardless unless like there's this new drug that can like keep us alive longer i don't know but sure. um, i think people would be like dang like i would love to experience it while i'm still alive and like have that experience you know what i'm saying so other than that though i think people would be like yeah well it was eventually you know gonna happen somehow or some way but <laughs> i mean i wouldn't be stressing because i'd be like i'm gonna be dead anyway so Whatever. I think I'd I put an application. Either, in. So I don't care about them. So it doesn't matter. Fair enough. Yeah. I think I'd put an application. In. I don't think I'd get selected. But I think I'd put I an application. I would get selected in. because I I would say I will put it on my TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I will put it on my social media. Here's my following. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. Your, your following's just promoting it for you. Yeah, I put an application <laughs> for, for Love is Blind, so we'll see if I get it. Love is Blind, what yeah, is that? 
Oh my God. All the ladies will know what I'm listening to. It's, it's a show on Netflix where you talk in the pods and you don't get to see the other person. And then the, the guy like will have to like propose to the girl. If he feels like you guys are a good match after like a couple weeks and then you go and like live together. A couple for- weeks in a pod. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like dating like seven other people. If you find a connection, then he'll like propose and you get to see each other for the first time. Um, and then I yeah, I saw that they were doing it in Minneapolis, so I just full sent it and I put in an application. So we'll see. It's a real thing. Yeah. So okay, let me. All right, let me understand this real quick. So there's pods. Yeah. And you're in it. Yeah. Is it like a submersion yeah. pool kind of thing? That's the best part. <laughs> you don't have to see anybody. No, you can't see the um, other person on the other side. You can only hear their. You voice. get to leave the pod. You can if you want. Yeah. You, like during you when like you're talking to the person. Oh, okay. So like you just, you have to, while you're talking to them, you have to be in the pot. Yeah. And then there's like a girl's oh, okay. lounge and then there's a guy's lounge and you can see everyone else. But then like us as girls, like we couldn't see any other guys. Like you can't physically see them because it's about like an emotional connection. So it's, it's all about like not being able to physically see the person. Yeah. Do you think that anybody finds like actual love in there or do you think I mean, that they might have gotten married from the show and they're still together? So yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, I know. But Yo, then you've got that's other crazy. people where they, you know, physically see each other and then the attraction's just not there. They like live together for the three weeks and then they're like, yeah, like I could never live with this person. Like terrible. <laughs> um, but for me, like I just think it'd be a fascinating experience, you know? I'm not sure if I would emotionally connect with anybody. That'd be tough. Yeah, I know. I feel like I would sound older than I really am. So I, they'd see me and be like, oh, she looks like she's 16. <laughs> so. Yeah. Was, uh, uh, wow. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen this. I'm going to have to watch this because. Uh, yeah, they have that. They have perfect that's... match. They have the ultimatum. Oh, you got to you gotta catch up. <laughs> the ultimatum? There's yeah, like. Yeah, the girls or the guy has given the partner an ultimatum of like marry or leave. So then they go on the show and they Ooh. have a chance to like meet three other couples, um, fall in love with someone else potentially. And at the end of the show, they either have to marry or move on. What time. was you, okay? I don't know if you remember this show or not. You might you might be too young for this, but back in the day, um, there was this <laughs> there was this show. Uh, where basically this dude or this girl went on a date with three other uh, individuals of the opposite sex, and at the end they had to pick one of them. Oh, that would they would like go on an actual date with alone. Um, oh, cool. Sounds a lot like that. And yeah, it's also very less nerve wracking. Yeah, it's very very similar. I'm not trying to appease three other human beings at once. Wait, do they do that? Do they like talk to like when they're in the pod, they're just one on one or they talk yeah, to more yeah. people? No, yeah, it's just it would just be like me and then talking to one other guy. And then you're in there for I don't know how long exactly. Let's just say like an hour. And then you get like a 15 minute break, bathroom, whatever. And then you go into another pod and it's a different person. And then you guys talk and then you can like take notes and stuff and then see which person, if any, that you connect to. <clears throat> yeah. So then you got the drama, you know, you'd be like a girl, you could walk in and just, and then another girl in the lounge could be, oh, I'm having a connection with Troy. And then you could be like, shit, I thought I connected with Troy. And then you just don't really know. Yeah. So, Damn. yeah, I know. What if it's there's two girl. Troys? Oh my God. 
Yeah, that would be terrible drama. They should have that in one show. <laughs> what if there's a, a trans person in there? Uh, they they have one right now where um, I don't think it was – I don't know if it was Love is Blind or if it was Perfect Match, but they made one right now that was um, – was it's called like – I think it's Queer wow. Edition or something like that. I'm sorry if I'm – Queer Edition? <laughs> I don't know if it's that. It's something like that, yeah. Okay. Our, yeah, all right. Really just, I think it's um, Perfect Match, actually. Yeah, it is, because then they had um, Carousel – and some other um, bisexual women that were a part of the last one come on to the Netflix premiere. So it's, it's perfect match. So I thought it was pretty cool that they, they made that one just to like have that. Cause they just made it like very like female male dynamics, you know? So, you know, I could see them just to fuck with people. I could see like producers possibly putting like, you know, you got these seven guys. One of them in there is a trans, uh, trans male, uh, and like they don't tell anybody or anything. Oh you know, yeah, all these female. Yeah, I could see them doing that. Just to, like that's no. fucked up, but yeah, no, they had one one time on there where um, there was a dude and he was like bisexual but then he didn't tell the girl and then that he like proposed to her and then he ended up telling her. Um, and then she just got like really upset and it was, yeah, it was pretty awkward in like the scene. And then she like, didn't want to be with them anymore. Um, oh, so obviously that's like pretty, pretty sad. I felt kind of like, I felt bad for the dude in there, but other than that, there hasn't been like a scene where, um, there's been anything for like trans by any means. Um, or if they were, I guess that they've all just been very open about it. So. Oh yeah. I mean, you'd have to be in the pod. You would have to like. I mean, I feel like you, you got to let them know that's a first date thing right there. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I think so. Yeah, I think the only reason why they wouldn't is like out of fear of judgment, you know. But then Of it's course, like, I mean. Yeah, so I don't know, but it's just nice. So they have like quite a few seasons of it, so yeah, I applied for it. So you you put it, you applied for it. All right. You think you can get chosen for it? I mean, I submitted some good pictures of myself. I made a good <laughs> video. I'm trying to be very persuasive. Oh, um, yeah. Have a you can have a younger blonde on the show. I'll like stir up the pot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is golden. I know. I you just... have to, yeah, I would have fun. Like I genuinely would 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 like try in the show. And then on top of that, I'm like, I have a very diverse background. I'm just like I have yeah, I have a diverse background. I'm like, I have an OF. My last my last boyfriend was like double my age. So I'm just like, I have diversity I can bring to the show. <laughs> Do you think, um, like, on that note, do you think that you um, intimidate men? Because you're a <laughs> business owner? <laughs> very intimidating to men. Um, I, I guess so, yeah. I could if they're not confident because I guess I've gotten more, com I've gotten more compliments on my confidence from men um, and them yeah. saying that they find it, like, Cause I think a lot of men can find confidence in a woman as a very attractive um, personality trait to have. Um, so I've gotten that a lot, but then I remember when I was in Houston and I was like at a club and, and VIP, like um, one of the dudes, um, Taiwan, he rented out VIP for me and one of his clients came and then Taiwan told me that um, I was intimidating the shit out of him because I was just so <laughs> rowdy and dancing and I was like shaking my ass and just like, I got up on the VIP table. I was having a good ass time and I was just like dancing up and I feel like I'm like part Leo. Like I swear I am. Cause I just love being center of attention. Like I'm just like catching eyes and whatever. 
Um, so then I got that, that comment. And I was like, wow, I don't think I've really gotten that like a ton, but he's like, yeah, you're, my client told me that like, you're like really intimidating to him. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, did he ask you to tone it down or something? And I was like, oh, he's like, you're at like a 12. You take it down to about an eight right now. <laughs> oh God. All right. Interesting. Yeah. I would say that as a, um, you know, when I was a younger man, uh, maybe like a lot of confidence would maybe like, um, yeah, I would be a little, um, I don't know, I wouldn't say insecure, but yeah, definitely intimidated by a woman that like is super confident. That's like very forward and, you know, so like, uh, yeah, as a younger man, like, you know, in my twenties, uh, I could definitely say that that would like throw me off a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. And now that I'm older, I just don't, uh, I don't care yeah. about things. So I just like, people are like doing their thing and I'm just like, hell yeah, let's fucking get it, dude. Let's get whatever yeah. or something. Yep. You know, <laughs> I've always been a very loud and uh, I feel like I'm a pretty confident person, but yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I do see men where they're, you know, they just, they get very intimidated by women that find them attractive and make like the first move or something mm-hmm. and it throws them off. Yeah. Stuff, like, buddy. We're gonna have to pick you up. It's all yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Um, I thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate yeah. it. I think this is awesome talk. And yeah. Um, do you want to tell people about your content and where they can find you? Yeah. So I think in, in the show notes, I mean, if we can connect my um, Instagram at the bottom, that'd be great. Or people can Guaranteed. just search <clears throat> Alicia Syak, no spaces or, you know, um, dots or anything. So A-L-I-C-I-A-C-I-A-K. So that's my Instagram. Um, that's where all my links are to everything too, as well. Um, YouTube is the same, Alicia Syak. Um, but yeah, just finding me on Instagram, that's the easiest thing to do. And that's where all my links are to everything, um, as well. Oh uh, yeah. You'll be linked. You'll be linked in. Okay. All right. <laughs> thanks. Hey, thanks Alicia. Good yeah. luck, uh, on your application there. Um, yeah. I hope to watch you on, uh, it's called love is blind. All right. Yeah. Or a different show. Like- got a perfect match too. I'd be down. So I'll be, I'll be on a TV show one day. That's, that's the goal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Then I could be like, yeah, I actually interviewed her. You'd be like, I'm on a podcast. You guys want to see her? Yeah. You'll be like tagging me. <laughs> be like, well, put it on your IG story. Give me a plug. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually going to directly uh, plug in your OnlyFans into this. So, oh, cool. no. <laughs> well, if you want to, I don't yeah, care. Yeah. My IG. Uh, people want to check I'm it out. It. I don't know. Women that are curious about OF and want to come. My page is completely free. So. Whoever wants to just fuck around and find out, just go click the link. <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. All right. Have a good night. Uh, good luck tomorrow uh, during your speech. Yeah, that that you. sounds yeah, super awesome. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. Yeah.